Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Father, what are we going to talk about today? I don't think there's enough material. Let me, let me ask you a question, all right? You guys are just joining us mid-conversation. When you run, what is your resting heart rate? I mean, what is your heart rate? Not resting. What is your heart rate when you run? Oh, um, that's a good question. Hold on. Oh, you're looking at it. I can look at I have, I have. I'm a stat junkie. Because so I was I have... thinking about this yesterday. Because you run... Yes. You've been you've been training for the Miami Marathon. You're going to do the 26.2. 26.2. My 10th my 10th full marathon if you can believe that. That's awesome. And uh, you've been running 5 miles almost every day? 3 No, no, a couple times a week. Couple times a three, week. That, 3 to is, 5 miles right. When now. you go up to like 10 miles and stuff. Uh we'll start picking up mileage probably this weekend. I'll go up to 6 and then every week after that it it incrementally goes up 1 or 2 miles. It is. So you do marathons. When it comes to preaching the Word of God, it's like preparing for a sprint. It's everything that I do during the week leads up to those 10, 15 minutes that I have with all of you at the altar. See, this is bonus, what we're doing right here. This is, uh, let's fill in the blanks of what I didn't say yesterday. Let's right. follow up on what you know, you may you may not have understood yesterday, but many people aren't listening to this. So the people that are listening to it, the you know, right now it's three hundred and something, but it used to be eight hundred before the pandemic. Or the people and the people that may see it right. online, and it's not lost on me how many people are seeing it online, especially when I do something as crazy as, as I did yesterday. And then the word gets out. And oh, the did, word, yeah, because Father Manny, <laughs> because sister, like for example, Sister Sean Pauline was in the mass yesterday. And this morning, Sister Rosalie, who wasn't at the Mass, she goes, Father, that was a great homily yeah. yesterday. And I go, what? you weren't there. Oh, but I saw it online. Nice. So you found that what it was? Yeah, so my resting heart rate's about 50, 50 and change. Wow. When I am, so my, my hard runs, it's about 160 average. Oh, okay. on a On a regular run, it's, you know, about 100. Okay. So yesterday, when I sat down after my homily, Oh, it, I had, it had to be racing. I looked, I have, I have an Apple Watch, and I looked at it because my heart was just pounding. It looked, felt like it was going to burst out of my chest. It was 143. Wow. And my resting heart rate is somewhere between 70 and 80, normally. But during a mass, uh, I, looked at the, I looked at it, and it was, yesterday was between 108 and 143 during the entire hour of the mass. I looked it up. We couldn't tell. I, I would imagine. <laughs> so what are we talking about here other than, you know, our, our, yeah, our heart rate? Just, just speaking of that, before we get into the actual, uh, the meat of it, I had, you know, we had the kids there, so MJ likes to walk, so I took him outside. So I actually heard the homily on the live stream uh, because MJ wanted to, to stroll, so I take him out, and we walked over to the fountain and whatnot. And so I'm, I'm watching the homily on the live stream, and as we're approaching the church doors to go back inside, I could hear you screaming from... <laughs> outside those doors. And you know those doors are, are pretty, pretty thick. thick. yeah. So I, I could hear the noise from the it church. Also, <laughs> it was also very silent in the church. Um, no, it was a, I mean, I was not anticipating that. And that's, and, and again, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That I said, okay, I'm going to pre, I made a conscious decision. I'm going to preach on the second reading this yep. week. 
And the gospel is, you know, we, we had a variation of that gospel, say Matthew's version last year, of who do you say that I am? I did not get into that. I did briefly touch upon Jesus' prediction of his suffering and right. his rebuke of Peter, and I briefly touched upon taking up your cross. But I wanted to focus on, you know, the second chapter of St. James because it is so powerful. And, you know, I brought up my study Bible. When you see me, I break out the study Bible. It's like, oh, wow, he's going deep into the yep. Bible here. And, and, there, and there are a lot of things to, to keep in mind when you're, re, when, when, you're, when you're trying to explain a piece of Scripture to people and how that applies to their life. The first sentence that I said in the, in the homily was, we have a need in our church for authentic authentic Christian witness. Now, here's a word I didn't use yesterday. I heard this word for the first time when I was about to turn, when I was 16 years old, 16 years old. The word demagogue. I heard it in Spanish. And it was my family spiritual director was uh, having dinner with us, and we had, I had just come back with him. We had gone to a conference, and, uh, and, the, and the youth were part of that. And I got up and I and I talked and stuff like and and he had given and and God bless him he had he trusted me when I was 15 16 years old to give talks and and things like that because he knew before I did that I was going to be a priest and uh, but when I got I was a little blustery in that conference a little you know a little bit of a blowhard in that conference even at 16 years old I had a lot of bravado right and so when we sat down to dinner my parents asked him how did how did it go how did the conference go and he looks at me and goes tenemos tremendo demagogo we have a hell of a demagogue there and I'm like, I have no idea what that means it wasn't an SAT word that right. I had looked up right don't ask me about my SATs anyways so I looked it up and it's always something that he stuck in my mind that when I get up there and, and I said it at the beginning of the homily remember that when I preach to you I'm preaching to myself as well correct that it's something that when he's always in the back of my mind saying, all right, you're saying this, make sure you back it up with your actions. So I hope that was conveyed to the people of God. Yeah, and, and that's something that we hear from Christ himself, you know, when he's talking to his apostles and his disciples, you know, don't lord it over people. You know, you, what, what you're saying and what you're doing, you know, it starts with you first. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not just, you know, we're, we're sitting up on the, on the high chair and, and you know, pouring it down over everyone else and, and you know the rules don't apply to us you know it, it starts with us and, and that's why I love that you started with authentic because that is the definition of authentic you, where, where and we, you and I both know people who are authentic oh yeah and, and people are listening know okay that this person is authentic and we and and, but, but here's the thing you, you can know they're authentic without even knowing them exactly sometimes. no because we are you know for example you walk into church any of us who walk into church and you see the little old lady or the, or the young man or, or the family that sits down that you don't know them. And just by the way they carry themselves in right. Mass, the way they pray, you're like, wow. It's, it's something is yeah. speaking to you there. And it's something that when, when I get up to preach, I go, I, we need to, we need authentic, there's a need for authentic Christian witness in the church because there's too much talk and not enough action. So this is, leads us into... James chapter 2, verse 14 through 18, where basically it's the faith without works right. is dead. How do, you in, how do you interpret that? How do, how, what, you know, yeah, <laughs> taking yeah. in the homily I said yesterday, for how do sure, you interpret for that? Sure. Well, you know, I've always not prided myself on it, but, uh, you know, when, when I see myself and the way I teach, the way I, I lead the program, uh, the religious head program, you know, the way I do ministry is very practical. You know, even, even when I give these talks to parents in... Uh, 
you know, preparing for First Communion or, or Confirmation or, or when I speak to the kids themselves, you know, I try to make it fleshy, you know, bring in my own experience and bring in, you know, my own lived reality and, and you know, something concrete that, that people can relate to and understand and, and you know, say, yeah, I've, I've felt that or I've gone through something like that or, or I know someone who has gone through something like that. Um, so in, in doing that, in making it practical, in, in making it real, uh, it brings that action to it where it's not just, you know, I'm going to read you the catechism section, whatever, and here's the paragraph and, and here's what we're supposed to believe you know, or what we're supposed to know in the head, but really to, to bring that down into the heart and out through the hands and feet. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've, I've said it to the kids all the time. We can, uh, we can know all about Jesus. You know, we can know all about the faith. We can memorize everything there is to know, you know, in, in the catechism. But if it doesn't translate you know, from, the, from the head to the heart and out through the hands and feet... Ah. Then, you know, it, it's it's no different than memorizing your social studies book, right? And to that point, knowing our faith or how we interpret the faith—two very big things, right? Because there's always so many versions of the truth. Yep. There's your truth, my truth, and the real truth. Yep. And the real truth is Jesus Christ. So there are many people who interpret the faith for their agenda. Correct. That for their gain, and say, I am Christian. And this is what St. James is talking about. He says, What does it profit, my brethren, if a man says he has faith but has not works? Can his faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and in lack of, fi- in lack of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what does it profit? And here's the money quote, So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But some of you will say, uh, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. So St. James is telling us, yeah, you could, you could believe. You can you know, say, I believe in Jesus Christ, and, my, and just by be- that belief, is, I'm justified. And this is the, the, the argument that was present in the early church and then really came to the forefront during the Protestant Reformation is that, is faith by itself, sola fide? Is it by itself? Enough to gain us salvation, St. James says no. And in fact, the church for 2,000 years says no. Right. Because we can believe all we want. We can pray all the rosary around. We can go to all the masses we want. But if we pass by the beggar that's standing outside the church, if we ignore the poor, if we don't put that faith into action, faith without works is dead. And I made this strong point because the second reading finishes it in verse 18. But I said, let me, tell you, let me read you verse 19. Yep. And that is so powerful. Verse 19 of chapter 2 of James says, You believe that God is one. You do well. Even demons believe and shudder. And the commentary says, If one has faith but no good works, he is no better off than the demons who believe and face the the certainty of condemnation rather than justification. Yes, all the times in the scripture that demons you know, approach Jesus when he was trying to free a person possessed by demons and say, what would you have to do with us, Jesus? Right. You know, you are the son of God. They know he's the son of God. They believe that he's the son of God. Okay? So do we. Yep. But the demons are not going to do good works. They're going to do works of the evil one. We are called to do good works. And I, and I linked it to when Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, to Peter in the gospel yesterday, 
because Peter had just been said, you know, it's great. You, you know, you just said that I'm the son of God. You're wonderful. It doesn't say it didn't say Mark's gospel and say Matthew's version. He says, you know, he gives him the keys of the kingdom, makes him the first pope. But so Peter's head is, you know, ego's big, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden Jesus, but here's what's going to happen. I have to go into Jerusalem. I have to suffer at the hand of, hand right. of the elders and the scribes and Pharisees. I will be put to death, but on the third day I will rise. And, and Peter says, no. He, in St. Mark's Gospel, you hear the word P Peter takes him to the side and rebukes him. Yeah. Uh, there's good old Peter again. Like he, I always say, you, you know, sometimes he gets it so right and then he gets it so wrong. <laughs> but imagine taking the Lord to the side and yeah, say, and no, <laughs> no, this isn't not going to happen. It's like he didn't hear that last part that he's going to rise from the dead. But, and then Jesus turns around and facing the disciples, rebukes Peter yeah. and says, get behind me, Satan, you're, 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 you know, you're not thinking like God does, but as human beings do. So why does he say that? Because Satan did not want Jesus to suffer. He doesn't want it. He wants everything to be, you know, he wants everything to be easy for us. Right. And that so many times applies to our faith. We want our faith to be easy. We want our faith to be all, you know, all roses and, yep. and all these things. No, our faith is hard. Yeah, Being a Christian well, we, is we hard. We spoke about that uh, a few episodes ago, you know, where we have to embrace that suffering and, and recognize that it is part of living this out authentically. It is. And so, you know, St. James' letter is a stumbling block for so many people because it calls us out of the de demagoguery and saying, you know what, am I living up to the words of this Bible verse? Am I living up to my calling as Christians to be able to go out into the world and proclaim Christ, not just with my words, but more importantly yep. with my actions? Because talk is cheap. You know, Peter talked and it was you know, great, but then yep. when he stuck his foot in it, you know, he was rebuked by the Lord. Yep. And this is where ego comes in. Because our ego, you know, says, "Oh, I, you know, I believe, and I, and I, and I go, and I do my rosary every day, and I, and I do my holy hour every week, and I do all, and, and that's all great, and that's wonderful because it, it connects us to our Lord. But because it connects us to our Lord, it should spur us on to mission, to action, to not just talking the talk, right? Because you and I could sit here and we could put podcasts out every single day. This is fun. Yep. Okay, but." We have to leave the studio in a bit and, and go out and face, you know, I have to go bury, you know, bury somebody. You have to go deal with the religious head families, you know, and whatever else, because we don't know what else is Absolutely. waiting us, you Absolutely. know, when the, the door's just but open in the, in the office and then all the messages for the week can come in. And we the Lord is it. like, all right, I got one for you. Exactly. Today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and that's Pope Francis has spoken repeatedly of missionary disciples and, and the need for, for parishes to become you know, uh, a place where missionary disciples are nurtured, you know, where, where not just us as ministers, but the parishioners themselves, you know, the people in the pews really take on that sense of mission. And, and we got a little taste of that, and, and you made reference to it in the, in the homily, you know, a couple of weeks back and, and again yesterday with the Haiti relief drives. And that was simple. You know, that, that was, oh, was too simple. That was just, <laughs> you know, drive in and, and you know, donate something. But it was powerful, and it's something that I shared, uh, you know, a few, a few weeks back when we talked about it, and, and really in, in doing those videos as we were unloading the truck, as, as simple as that action may have been, 
you know, it translated into, you know, we're changing the life of someone in Haiti, someone who, whose face we'll never, we'll never see, a, a person who we'll never meet, a, a person whose name we'll never know or, or might possibly never even hear, mm-hmm. you know? So in, in that simple act of just, you know, going out to, to purchase some canned goods and drive it back to the church and, and give it to a volunteer to, to load into a truck, in a in a very real sense, that is being missionary. That is being putting our faith into action. You know, and again, that that's simple, uh, but but that's where it starts. You know, now let's get let's dive into here because it was about this point in the in the homily where you got that that heart rate pumping. <laughs> so what what got you going? Well. When I went into the homily, and, and you, and this is where you leave room for the Holy Spirit, you plan it out, and I could have ended the homily right there. It was already more than 10 minutes in. But there was something gnawing in the back of my head. You know, this past Saturday, we, we, we commemorated, I keep saying celebrate, we commemorated uh, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And I said the first picture that I saw after doing my prayers and, and waking up on, on, on Saturday morning was a picture of Father Michael Judge Bean his lifeless body being carried by two cops and two firefighters from one of, from one of the buildings of the World Trade Center that hadn't, I don't think, had collapsed yet, uh, to I, the Catholic Church that was nearest to Ground Zero right. and laid before the altar. Powerful picture, powerful, powerful picture of Father Judge's dead. And on Saturday... You know, we, we had a beautiful we had a beautiful mass in the morning. Uh, we had a beautiful holy hour praying for our country, commemorating that. One thing, you know, in parentheses here, uh, there were, one of our wonderful parishioners, Fran- uh, Francie, who comes to our nine a.m. mass, she's a flight attendant with flight attendant with Delta. Oh wow! And uh, she came with a friend, and they were in their uniform. And I thought, okay, you know, I see them coming out of the car, and I'm thinking okay, maybe they have to go to work or they're just getting back from work or something. I've never seen Francie in her flight mm. attendant uniform. And I go, Francie, you heading off to work after Mass? He goes, no, Father, we, we just wanted to... And she gives me a card, and, 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 and it was a card from Delta, and it was like a little note, like a little postcard. And I said, Father, please pr- pray for flight crews. Why? Because we always pray for the first responders. We pray for, you know, the heroes of 9-11. Sure. But the first people, that, literally the first people that died were the, the pilots... At the, at the front of that plane, you know, was the flight crew, along with all the passengers. And we forget how heroic the flight crew had to have been, especially the ones on, on United yeah. 93, close parentheses. So we had a beautiful morning, and, and I tried to stay away from, from coverage that morning. I didn't want to. President uh, George W. Bush gave a beautiful speech uh, that I did see uh, later after, after he said right. it, after he... Um, after he spoke it at at, uh, Shanksville. at Shanksville, yep, beautiful, beautiful speech talking about our be- you know basically talking about our better angels that you know how unified we were, and that's pretty much it. And then somebody sent me a an article uh, about grieving, about a family's you know about a family's uh, let's say experience of grief. They lost their twenty six year old son in one of the towers. And he was about to propose to his girlfriend. Oh wow! And two days earlier, had to ask for his father, you know, her father for her hand in marriage. And the article took me a good hour to read, 
it was it was long form piece in the Atlantic, and uh, if you could read it, I highly recommend it. It's it takes you a while to read, and it takes you into the depth of grief, and it was exquisitely written. Uh, so all these things are going to my mind, and then at the end of the day, a priest that I follow on Twitter from Detroit had posted. I had retweeted the picture of Father Judge. No one said a word. He posted something about Father Judge, you know, extolling his, you know, the virtue of this man who is a martyr. You know, he was giving last yep. rites to a firefighter when a piece of the World Trade Center came down and killed him. And people started slandering him on social media, slandering not the priest, slandering Father Judge. And this got the priest worked up, and it got me worked up. And I was like, it was in the back of my head. I had not planned it. My homily's right here in front of me. And towards when I'm talking about demagogues, and I'm talking about people that love to talk, and people that love to flaunt their faith, and then these same people are trying to drag down, mm-hmm. here's my heart rate going up, are trying to drag down this man who ran into certain death, and I made this analogy. Here's a man who had spent years working with the firefighters. And my brother, who at the time, or so, was a, still a fire cadet two weeks away from graduation from the fire academy. When I'm in the seminaries, my last year's seminar, I am with my soon-to-be brother priest, who are my brother priests now. In, we're in my room watching this unfold on TV. I called my brother. All the networks were jammed that day, but I was able to get through to my brother. My brother's screaming at the TV, screaming into the phone. They can't go in there. Those towers are coming down. And this is a fire cadet saying this. So Father Judge knew that he was going to bring God's mercy and compassion to people who were dying. And that's exactly what he was doing. He raced into the towers. And so my question to everybody was, with all this bluster, with all this talk, with all this, like, I'm Catholic and I'm this, and, and all those people are trying to bring this priest down because, you know, rumors about mm-hmm. him, you know, all these, and it's all rumors, trying to bring him down because he doesn't fit into that cookie-cutter, you know, notion of we have as saints. Folks, if you have a cookie-cutter version of what is saints, read St. Augustine. Mm, yep. <laughs> okay, read well, St. Augustine. Read any saint. I, I don't think No, every, like I said it, I was talking to Sister Rosie this morning. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Yep. Okay? So how can we... This man ran... In, at, forget it. We're all sinners. But at the moment that Christ calls us, at the moment that we are called into action to live out our faith, and that's yep. what Father Judge did, he answered that call and gave his life for it. Yep. Okay? So he lived these words that we read yesterday at Mass. He lived them. And so I don't know why, you know, during that entire homily and even the preparation of the homily, I was thinking about these words from from the Gospel of St. Matthew where Jesus says to to us, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before, before my Father in heaven. It's Matthew 10, 33. Whoever denies me before men, I will also that deny him before my Father who is in heaven. And when we deny someone, and it's not, it's not just denying Jesus, right. but when we deny our brother and sister, who is Jesus? Yep. The poor, the leper, 
the sick person, the one who has COVID, the one who has AIDS, the one who may not fit into the type, you know, this is not the type of person I want to I want right. to talk or talk to or minister to. I only minister to these t- type mm-hmm. of people. No, that is Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and I think that's the kicker for us where a lot of people who are listening to this or, I mean, even you or I, we're sitting here going, well, you know, I may never be faced with the option of having to run into a, a burning building, you know, because I'm not a firefighter or I'm not, in your case, the, the chaplain for the fire department. You know, but but that call is every day. Yeah. You know, for 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 Father Judge, yes, he had that he had that call, you know, blatantly in front of him, you know, to to run into that building. And, and a quick aside, I saw the sixty minutes um, special yesterday on the New York Fire Department. Yeah, you know, and some of the survivors said, the the firefighters who survived said, you know, they were in the. The, the north building the second lobby, one, yeah. the second one to come mm-hmm. down you and they saw they heard and, and were covered in, in dust of the first building coming down you and instead of retreating and, and taking cover you that kind of fortified them to even more jump in and and run up those stairs of the second building knowing you know it was only a matter of time before mm-hmm. that one came down too um, so so that option was crystal clear you know that this is this is what I have to do but for, for you, for me, for anyone listening, we have that presented to us every single day, every single moment, in every single person that we encounter. And I think of that beautiful statue. I think there's replicas all over the place where it's a statue of Jesus dressed as a homeless man mm-hmm. sleeping on a bench. And how many, how many people walk by the statue itself just going, oh, you know, that's, yeah. you know, that, that's just mm-hmm. a nod to you know, the homeless community or, or whatever. You know, and they disregard it, they ignore it, and, and don't even realize if they look closely, you know, that's Jesus Christ himself. It is, and we don't have to go very far because three months ago, we had it here, here in Miami Beach in Surfside, yep. that while thankfully none of our firefighters died, they went in every day with the hope of finding survivors, oh, yeah. putting their lives in peril, thinking this building, what was left of the building yep. may come down. And they went was, in there and selflessly. That was Twenty four hours a day. It was. It was. It was nonstop. nonstop. You know, it was nonstop. And and talking to firefighters who were there, yeah. the ones who were friends of mine, the ones who were you know brothers of uh, you know comrades and yeah. colleagues of my brother, who who reached out to me. You know, I I reached out to the wife of one of them the other day because he wasn't he wouldn't respond to me. And he was, they were at mass yesterday mm-hmm. because I mean I was worried about them because they were first of all they were seeing unspeakable things. And then going in there, risking their lives to try to find, initially, survivors, and then right. try to find the remains of those who perished to give them to their loved ones, which is a mission of mercy. Yep. And that's what we're called to do at every moment. And I, th- I think the most moving of that was they refused to leave. No. They, you know, when when their shift was over and, and they, you know, their captain would tap them on the shoulder and say, you know, no. you, you got to get out, you got to go. You know, they said, no, I, I want to be yeah. here. I, I'm going to stay here. To the bitter end, and and we saw that you know in the, it, it was mentioned in the in the special yesterday too. How many of those captains, you know, how many of those battalion chiefs, you know, knowing they had families at home, said no, yeah. I'm not I'm not turning around until I get every single one of my men out. And and it goes to how I ended, you know, I ended the homily with the the you know if you deny me before before men, I would yep. deny you before my father. But one of the other verses that I that I mentioned was. You know, these, Father Judge, these firefighters, uh, Maynard's just such incredible stuff. 
they live out every single day. There's no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. And they don't know us. They're not laying their lives down for a friend. They're laying down for strangers. No. You know, people in the armed services, people, you know, people in, in our hospitals now that are putting their lives at risk, treating COVID patients, you know, all these people are doing this every, every day. And they're fortified by their faith. And they put that faith into action. So we need to shut out those voices that just like to talk. And I am cognizant every single day that I talk a lot. I preach every day. I do this podcast. I give talks. I do all these things. And I am very cognizant. And that's why that word, when my family's spiritual director said it to me, or said to my family when I was 16, it's always in the back of my head. Do not be a demagogue. You need to back up your words with action. That applies to every single one of us. To say, Lord, this is my faith. I believe in you. And because I believe in you, my belief will be translated into actions. Because faith without works is dead. Yeah, and if I can, if I can just end with one final note for uh, for our parishioners, for our community, uh, because this this just kind of, this image just came to me. You know, so often we say, okay, but what can I do? You know, so so I I want I want to I want to do something, right? I, I've just heard this this reading. I've I've heard this homily. I've had this experience at mass, and you know, I I feel the call to do something. And here's the, here's the uh, the most telltale sign of where the Holy Spirit is is leading you. Because you'll look around and you'll probably say, God, I wish the church would do X. Or I wish the community would do Y. You know? Yeah. Why aren't we doing this? Or why aren't we doing that? And and it's always pointing at someone else or at the staff or at the church or at the priest or at the archbishop or at the bishops or at the cardinals or at the pope, whatever it is. You know, you're always pointing somewhere else. Why aren't why aren't we why aren't why isn't the church out external to me doing something about a situation? Yeah. And there's your call. Yeah, because if if you're moved to the point where you're looking around and you, you identify a need and you identify something that can be done, okay, you don't need to do it at at an international level, but just start doing it. Yeah, and I'm gonna regret saying that because it's gonna end up on my desk as, as a as a proposal <laughs> for a new ministry. You know, but if there is an authentic need and, and you are authentically called to respond to Absolutely. that, then do it. And, and that is putting this second reading literally into action. And that's what we're called to do. So, folks, read this. Read chapter 2 of St. James, verses 14 through 18. Meditate upon it. You know, translate your faith, your belief into authentic action. Block out the demagogues of the world. Don't be one of those. Don't be a demagogue. We talked about hypocrites, I believe, two weeks ago. You know, that is hypocrisy at its best. When we talk about things and don't do things, talk is cheap. Put your faith into action. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. Because at the end of the day, we will be judged not just on our faith. We will be judged by how we put that faith there's no, there's no written test. <laughs> no, there is no written test. It's Matthew 25. Nope. It's Matthew 25. Whatever you did for the least of my brethren, you did it to me, or you did not nope. do it to me. That is how we will be judged. 
So take these words to heart and ask yourself, this week, right now, something very simple, how can I put my faith into action? Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? The Dolphins are at the top of the AFC East. This morning we are in first place. Alone. Alone. <laughs> we need to be there alone after week, seven, week 18. There's 18 weeks now. Wow. And enjoy it while we can, right? No, we're going to enjoy it all, all year. year long. <laughs> confidence. We'll talk about that confidence a little bit later. But what a game. It was a great game. And, you know, there's people have, you know, we, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, people like to talk in the first segment. And in sports is no different. Uh, obviously, more serious what we talked about in the first segment. But it's like people have their narratives. There are people already right off to a after. You know, a handful of games last year, rookie year with a bad hip. Yeah. Has a first offseason, first training camp, has his first start on the road of this year against the the Patriots. First start of, of this year. He started on the road last year. And to go into Foxborough, I went there several times. It was not fun. Obviously, number 12 was on the other side, on the other yep. sideline. But it was not fun. And I never walked out of there happy. We were once leading 21 to 6, I believe, one time in halftime. I'm like, well, we can pull this out. Nope. Uh, no. Misery. Misery. Coldest also I've ever been was on the sidelines of Foxborough. Zero degree oh, wind chill. Oh, man. With a 30 mile an hour wind in my face. I don't miss those days. Oh, yeah. You lived up I there. I lived up there for two years, and, and right. I couldn't get back here fast enough. So going into Foxborough and getting a win, hey, however man. you got it. But he looked, he looked good. Yes, the interception, he was trying to throw it away. Shouldn't have done that. Should have taken the sack. But you know what? We won. You just need one more point than the other guy. And that's what we did. 17 to 16. Literally. Listen, he was, uh, let me see, uh, 16 for 27, 202 yards. Uh, had a touchdown, ran in for another touchdown, and threw that interception. But he made some big boy throws. And, there, you know, Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle. Yeah. The first play from scrimmage, Jalen Waddle gets the ball, and then he scores a touchdown later in the game because Devontae Smith went to Philly. He, was, yep. he said he said after the game, I was watching him. I was keeping tabs. He got a touchdown. I'm going to get a touchdown too. We need more of those though. Yeah. But There were some nice, some nice deep throws though. Now, did you think our defense made Mac Jones look too good? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not – listen – Week one in the NFL, I don't. That's yeah. It's you don't put too much. I don't put too much into that, week one that's because like, that's like reading into us. No, into it's a long season. I was about to say spring no, again. No, <laughs> no, but you're in, still in baseball mode, even though you don't want. <laughs> no, no, baseball's like it's over. For it's you. over. Yeah, it's it's been over. But he, the, the corn baseball faded into the cornfield. Yeah, when you Iowa. saw that game. <laughs> but preseason, it's all men. Nope. Nothing, just like in spring training, just like in baseball. Yep. Everything that happens in exhibition, it's all men. Here's where things happen. But week one, it's kind of a little bit of an extension of preseason because yep. right now preseason, a lot of starters don't play during, play during preseason. Devontae Parker, not only did he not play during preseason, he did not 
suit up for contact drills oh, well. during the entirety of training camp was wearing that red, you know, little uh, jersey. Yeah, the no that's contact. A, no yeah. contact jersey. And when he caught that first pass, I'm like, here we go. And he made some big boy catches too. But what a great way. And I, and I, and I was watching this with Carly, who was listening to us. And, you know, we saw it in Cumber Hall. On, on the, the big screen. On the big screen. And it was just glorious to see. And I turned to him in the, in the fourth quarter to him and Nana and said, been a while since we had this much tension on an opening day. Because last year, you know, we went up the same game, went up there to Foxborough, but we felt out of it from the very beginning. Right. Because it's Bill Belichick, it's the Patriots, you know, they 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 know what they're doing up there. And, you know, Mac Jones may turn into a very good yep. or a great quarterback, but I will preface it with this. Sam Darnold also, you know, you know, Mac Jones didn't light the world on fire. He, he was just very good right. at getting out of pressure, yep. throwing into spots, and making very accurate yep. throws. Did not throw interception. I believe he was sacked once. I don't remember. But I want to. I said same, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, in his first start against the Detroit Lions, when he was also playing the Detroit Lions, lit the world on fire and blew them out. Yep. And how that turned out for him in New York. Now, but he played well yesterday against his old team. He played for Carolina, and then he played the Jets, and... Played well against them and beat them, but yeah, all that was uh, was great and it was just wonderful to get. Uh, no, we didn't sack them yesterday. It was wonderful to get a win yeah. on opening day. Now to your to your question about the defense, they stepped up when they had to. They and did. That was they forced that four was fumbles. Great. Took and two that of last away. that last fumble in the in the red zone was beautiful. Punched out. I'm thinking, okay, yeah. you know, two. Okay, and I'm thinking, all right, here's Tua's moment to shine, because a lot of talk is about Tua. And yes, Tua made that mistake on that interception. But the rest of the game, you know, sometimes the receivers weren't there for him. There were some drops. Right. right. Uh, Jalen Waddle had a big drop. And um, but the rest of but the he, time, but he made up for it with a big. Oh, catch. oh no, he did. He made up for it several times. <laughs> but but you, we can't make mistakes like that. You know, in the National Football League, you know, the the margin of error between winning and losing, and I saw that personally on the sideline for four years. The margin of error is so thin, you know, where a call this way, a call that way. You know, Tua did what he was asked to do. He, you know, the beginning of the half, in the first half, in the second half, he executed the game plan perfectly, okay? He could have thrown that ball to the tight end in the first touchdown and said, here's a touchdown. No, he walked. There was green grass in front yep. of him, green turf in front of him, walked in. Yep. But he made some big, and, and especially in the when we got that fumble, the first play, he did a bootleg. Ran, but was holding. Eisenberg had an awful, awful game. Backup left tackle. And then after that, the one-step quick slant. to that, That's a tough throw to make and a tough catch to make also. Yep. So, yeah, you had a problem with the roughing the passer oh, on the sack. goodness. That was... Ridiculous. This is one, This is on the Patriots' touchdown drive. Yeah. They so, would have been so stopped it right it there. Would have been, it was a third down. It would have, it would have been a field goal attempt, mm-hmm. and and two plays later, they punched it in for a, for a touchdown or the next play after, yeah. after the penalty. Uh, yeah, man, that was ridiculous. So so the he's, he's stumbling over his block. He's falling down. Yeah. So, so he's, he's pushed the lineman out of the way. He's literally falling over him and ends up tackling Mac Jones by the knees. And Mac Jones pretty much gave himself up. He knew he was sacked. Yes. Yeah, he even turned and to, to brace himself for the fall. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I guess I guess uh, tackling the quarterback is a penalty now. That's the Brady rule. 
remember opening day, I want to say two, when we won the division, 2000 and, and 2008, seven, seven or eight, I don't want to say 2008. Uh, Brady on the, on the opening day at Kansas City, you know, somebody went towards his knee and blew out his knee and Brady was done for the year. And Matt yeah, Castle but, but came. There's but there's a difference between intentionally going for a knee to right. take it out he was and falling, and to the falling down over your block and, yeah. and tackling. There's a letter of the law and the spirit of the law. He yeah. was not. You know, how, how, how much longer before we put flags on the quarterbacks? Uh, pretty, you know, exactly. So it was a great day. We won. Uh, no, but I, I have to ask you something. Because sure. you had an issue with bringing in Brissette. Oh, yes. And I okay. know you need to get this off your, off yeah, your chest here. I had forgotten about this. Thank you for reminding me. Um, so I think it was early in the, it was, it was in the second quarter. We had a third and one, and we were driving for that field goal at the end of the half. I want to say that's when it was. That Jacoby Brissett comes in, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe they have a package for him. But Tua comes out, and it was for Jacoby Brissett, who's a big dude. He's a big guy, yeah. To do a quarterback sneak, which he was a s- successful in. But, and I was like, I had a small issue with that. I'm like, I don't know, taking Tua out, this yeah, it rings, of, rings of last year. Then... You didn't okay. You didn't take Tua out. Yeah, they leave right. him in there, in. and he's you know he's barking out signals and there's motions and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden we get called for a false start, and they bring Tua in to face first and fifteen. And it I'm was like, it was a false start. It but, was, but that timeout took way too long. It was like all, the, the play clock was at zero. I don't know what he, he started signaling. Nobody, but he, I don't know what they were. I mean, it's not like you know it's a third and one. You're trying to draw the or fourth yeah. and one. You're trying to draw the defense off sides. No, I don't know what they were doing there. No. Then at the end of the game, to clinch the game, New England had called its last timeout, and they bring him in again. Okay, yes, it clinched us a game, but here's my thing. If you're trying to build up to his confidence, which, again, you could argue with me and say, well, you know, why does to his confidence even be brought up? I mean, you know, if he just goes out there and plays well, that's enough confidence he right. needs. And yes, Jacoby Brissett is better at the quarterback sneak and more built for the quarterback yep. sneak. But we need to figure out a way to keep two on the field, and Jacoby Brissett should only be out there. I put that on Twitter. I want to go on the record. Like you know, my my opinion matters. We're 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 gonna go back to the record in a minute here. So yeah, I know. God, <laughs> these things are are recorded. But I I have a I had a problem with that. I don't know why I had a problem with that. I also have a problem with you know linebackers wearing single digits. But that's another story for another day. Uh, but. It was a great day. It was a great win. We are in first place this morning, and I am loving life because my Dolphins are in first place. So you want to talk Canes? Let's talk Canes. Because App State, we Let's beat App talk, State. Hey, all you got to do is score one more point than the other guy, right? All right. You, you, you have to, something to throw in my face. App, Go ahead. App, and we know, we know App State is a good team, and, and it wasn't going to be a cakewalk, but I do have to play back. Hold on. Let's, let's pull this up. I gotta get the volume, the volume levels back up here. <laughs> this was oh, this was last week. This, last this was week. last week. So we're we're going way back to uh, seven days ago, and you had this to say. Okay. So the Canes are gonna do fine. Saturday night, I have confidence. They're gonna put things together and blow out App State. At home. Blow out. We heard it here first. We hope. <laughs> we heard it here first. They will blow out App State. Oh, it's only God. an eight point. <laughs> How'd that go, Father? We didn't blow him out. Was it two? Was it a two-point win? <laughs> oh my goodness! It was that say It was that punt that went over. Uh, that went out of the end zone. Yeah. It was a difference in the game. Um, at, you said it. App State's a good team. Notre Dame had fits with Toledo. 
from the MAC. And App State is a far better team than Notre Dame. And uh, I don't want to talk about what happened in Tallahassee because I don't want to offend any of our Seminole fans that are that are listening to us right now. I, I did enjoy it though. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't even I watching have, the game. I, I told you it's the latest text you sent me in a while, in a long time, and I wasn't even awake for it. So I, I, I was watching it, and it was a close game. I was exhausted. I was, yeah, I was beat. So I actually fell asleep without turning on the uh, the sleep timer on the TV, and I happened to wake up to the to the to you know, yeah, just the, naturally because of the lights and the, and the sound like two seconds before the happened. final play of the game. How about and that? And I, I, what I, I've never been so happy to have forgotten oh, to turn on the sleep timer. Oh, stop! You're gonna alienate all the seven fans that are listening. But no, but he, th- and this is why you can't take winning for granted. Yep. Okay, there are so many things that we get into that I don't want to get into about the the Hurricanes and how they played and how, not just how they played. We have so much talent on that team. Our problem is with the play calling. Yep. Our problem is with. Little things. When we had that... If if you and I are texting each other the next play yes. that's coming... We know that there's going to be a delayed handoff here. We know there's going to be a bubble screen here. Then there's an issue. Yeah. If, because if, if we know it, you know they know it. And you and I, neither you or I play football. No. I, we, I know we have the never most... Been, we've never I, been in a film... I mean, I've been in a film room, just haven't seen a If you threw a, a playbook in front of me, I, I wouldn't know what no, the heck it's, I'm looking it's at. hieroglyphics. Yeah. So I was, I was surrounded by that. I never... I never wanted to understand it. I go, okay, you guys understand. You guys are yep. the ones that have to go out there and, and do this. But like, for example, even that illegal formation penalty that cost us a touchdown early oh. on, it's like you had to button those things up. Okay, thankfully we're playing a team that we could beat, that despite our errors, we had enough talent to beat them. Yep. Okay? But, but just barely. But barely. Just coming, barely. Coming, coming in, Andy Borgales coming in to you know, kick a game-winning field goal, Shouldn't come down to that. Yep. And yes, App State's a good team. Don't you know that they beat Michigan two thousand? App State was far inferior than the FCS back then. Yep. But this is a legit FBS team who would have been ranked if they would have beaten us. Okay, we fell to twenty fourth. Yeah, Miami is the only team that wins and no, drops but Notre, in the Notre rankings. Dame dropped also. Yeah, but Notre Dame. Notre Dame are they frauds? I think so. I mean that's barely beat Florida that's State. Backed, and Florida State should have won that game. Yeah, you know, and we said this last week. <clears throat> you know, it's it's easy for Florida State to get up uh, for their home opener uh, on prime time against yeah, against a, well. a big opponent. Uh, but but we really saw what Florida State maybe not is, but but uh, you know they're not they're not what we saw week one. No. Um, and then Notre Dame barely escapes Toledo and and got bailed out on a on a late pass interference there to keep their drive alive and. Yeah, and can I mention one one other game? Oregon going into oh, Columbus and beating Ohio yes. State. Mario Cristobal. Mario. Super Mario. Columbus alum. I got to overlay the uh, Super Mario theme. <laughs> you know, what a great job he's done. And we're kind of jealous. I mean, listen, we want Manny to succeed. We had Mario on staff for, for what, three days? I don't you know. First, first of all, can we forget about UM? <laughs> Let us remember that he was fired from FIU. Yep. For no reason. Yep. I, I still, that one still back. Mario had taken them to, I believe at the time it was called the Little Caesars Bowl up in Motown, and they won a bowl game, and it was the biggest thing in FIU until they beat Miami, which never happened. And fired from FIU, now he is the coach of the best team in the Pac 12 yep. conference, the Conference of Champions. And 
and just knocked off number three. Yeah, at home. At in Columbus, uh, there was a little rubber duck that somebody put in the middle of the O oh, in the field. <laughs> it was it was awesome. But seeing Mario Cristobal, one of our own from here from Miami, Cuban American boy and Columbus grad explorer and UM grad doing that, that was just so great. And to beat Ohio State is just icing on the cake. It is. It was a great weekend of football. It was a great weekend. The shocker of the NFL weekend was probably New Orleans pasting Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, that was incredible. And last night, uh, just when I thought I was done with I turned it on, the Sunday Night Football game, Rams hosting the Bears, and Matt Stafford and Sean McVay's offense, dude was throwing bombs. It's like, you know, somebody tweeted out, it's like, you know, Sean McVay, why do I have to run three, four, you know, do all these plays and map out of, you know, to get down the field when I just throw <laughs> bombs every day? And these great receivers, remember they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. Yep. They were in the playoffs last year. You know, but that NFC West, San Francisco pasted uh, Detroit. Uh, Seattle beat up on Indianapolis. Uh, missing one. Arizona went into Tennessee and destroyed a very good yep. Tennessee team. Kyler Murray looked great. So many things we could talk about. I had to make one soccer reference because, you know, I have to. We have to. Inter-Miami won. On, we won again. two-point outs. Two points out we're t- of... Would you believe uh, that we're talking playoffs? Playoffs? We're... Playoffs? We're on the... That's me. We're on the cusp. Yeah, I know, which and, is good. And, yeah, but but a few months ago, we were just... Oh, okay. here we go. Inter-Miami We're, we're going to have to go up there, aren't we? <laughs> Let's do it. At some point, we're going to have to go do up it. there. So, great weekend of sports, and uh, just... Uh, I have to mention, during all that college football, I found myself watching the U.S. Open women's final. It was, I found it captive. It was very good tennis. Two teenagers playing, and, and, and the girl from, from Great Britain won. I just, yeah. just had to throw that out there, that during all this football, I watched tennis for you about an hour. Ten- no, I can't. Yeah. I can't. This is for me, for my St. Agnes days, when they would take me to, it was, it was the Lipton, then it was called the NASDAQ 100, I think, when I was there. It's a, when you see it in person, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, can, I, I can watch it for like three minutes. <laughs> I've never played it. Picked up a racket when I was in the summer camp one time when I was eight years old. I go, nope. I played me. it. I played it for about five minutes, and nope. and the baseball swing took over, and I was just hitting everything over, over the 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 safety net in the back, and I was like, yeah, this that's not how this is supposed to be. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, so who, this weekend we're doing pick 'em. Oh wow! Okay. Miami, Miami, Michigan State. This is gonna this is gonna this is gonna tell us a lot about wait this team. We need what, what's what's. Do they do they have a line on that game? I mean, because that that's um, it's a noon start, which is not good for you and oh, I because we no. both have we both work on Saturday morning because you have religious head and first day of class. So I'm I'm gonna be here a while dismissing, yeah, getting everyone used to that. You know, it's it's uh it's that 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 uh twelve noon start is not Those good for kill us. Kill me. Miami's favored by six points. No. Yeah, I you know yeah. what? Miami's favored by six points. Um. I don't want to make any guarantees because I nailed, if you, if you go back and listen to last week's podcast, I nailed the Dolphins and what they were, they were going to go up and take care of business in New England. And that's exactly what they did. Sparty is 2-0, and haven't played great opponents. Um, coming down here, the heat at high noon. Miami is down Don Chaney Jr. and, you know, uh, running and game. And that's a big loss. You need to establish that and running we, game. And we don't and, have Knighton back and run And run De'Eric King. I think Miami, again, Miami gets it done. Squeaks by. Squeaks by. 
I just want to see him throw the, throw the ball downfield. Where are receivers? I mean, Hart, we didn't talk about Hartley. My Butterfingers. God. Oh, Butterfingers. My he had one catch later at the late, late in the game, which was big on that field goal drive. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not too confident about this one. Okay, you're not. The, the cardiac canes are back. And, no, and until I see otherwise, I have, I have. But at some point, they have to blow out. I know we have Central Connecticut in two weeks, but at some point, you have to blow out someone because unless what happened to Florida State happened to us. And then um, Buffalo coming into the same stadium. Stadium's yep. going to be rocking this weekend twice. Yep. <sighs> Buffalo looked bad. I mean, I thought, I saw the opening kickoff. They took it, ran it back all the way to the 20. I thought the guy was going to break it uh, to the Pittsburgh yep. 20. And Pittsburgh was lost the entire first half. And then all of a sudden, they picked it up and destroyed Buffalo in the second yep. half. Uh, Buffalo did not look good. And that scares me because Buffalo's a good team. And yeah, remember, Matt, don't, don't read too much into week one. That's what, that's what I'm saying. You don't, <laughs> I, I, here's another example. Uh, th- one of the years they won the Super Bowl in 2004, 2005, uh, the Patriots went up to Buffalo in week one and lost 31 to nothing. And they went on to win the Super Bowl. Yep. So... Uh, with Brady. And so I'm a little worried about Buffalo because if Mac Jones did that to our defense, you know, Mac Jones was, um, Mac Jones was played well yesterday and, and found open pockets. Yep. And if, if he could do that, Josh Allen lit us up twice yep. last year. I'm not confident about the Finns. I'm not. I'm not. And, and it pains me to say it, but I'm not. So um, I don't want to make a prediction on that one. All right, so we got the canes squeaking by, and and we're we're making a coin flip on the on the fins here. That that can go. It, it, I mean, it depends. And, and the key to that game is going to be how well you shut down Josh Allen. Because yep. now, pass rush, Bills have a great pass, and they just added Greg Rousseau. Yep. Who, Jaylen, by the way, Jalen Phillips did not do anything yesterday. Greg Rousseau, I I mean, I was watching Red Zone, so I was going back and forth. Every now and then, you. Every time I would switch by, he was in the vicinity of the yep. quarterback. Now, now, but, Jay, and, and, but we knew that's what he was going to be. Uh, Buffalo is favored by three and a half, by the way. And um, you know, so Jalen Phillips, in, in his defense, they're putting him more in linebacker, dropping back into coverage. Right. But the thing is, they were dropping back into coverage, but these receivers were getting. I mean, these running backs were getting all these wheel routes. So I don't know. That's uh, it's going to be a tough one. And if we if we win that two and zero, and we're leading the division by ourselves. And Buffalo's are done too. So, yeah, great, great weekend. It's great to be talking football. It's back. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 basketball's coming up soon. So there we go. Yeah. We, could, we could talk about it. <laughs> All right. So, folks, thanks. Uh, it was a great, great weekend here in the parish. We 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 filled another truck for yes, Haiti. We did. We filled another truck. Yes, it was we did. great. Uh, thank you to our homeless ministry. Uh, thank you to everyone who brought things uh, to our high schoolers who mobilized themselves to get the this weekend is big. Sunday we have youth group, we and have, young adult group. We have youth we group. Have, we, we have young adult group. We, we have, have the commissioning starting. of catechists. We have religious ed starting this happening. week. The, the parish is back. The parish we're, is we're ramping up, and and it's just it's good to have the the hustle and bustle of activity on campus yes, again. Yes, sir. So again, take time in prayer this week, and open up chapter two of St. James. Look at those verses. Is your faith being put into action? If it isn't. What's holding you back? Why why aren't we putting our faith into action? Why aren't we backing up what we talk about, what we preach about? Why aren't we backing that up with genuine action? Because at the end of the day, that is what we will be judged on. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.